You're listening to the Frugal Spender Podcast, where we have conversations about the one thing you've always been told not to talk about, personal finance. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Frugal Spender Podcast. This is episode number 34. And this month marks one year since I left my full-time, safe, predictable job. So I thought I would share with you what I've learned from a year of going self-employed. The good, the bad, the ugly, the pros and cons. I will share with you what I've taken away from my experience so far in the hopes that this episode may help you make a more informed decision. If you're considering setting up a business or even if you haven't even considered it, it might give you some useful insight into what it's like. For some context, I have been employed my entire life up until December 2021. I've worked in bars, the corporate world and even the public sector. I've experienced low paid work, average paid work and now paying myself, covering all the bases except for being rich, which I'm still working on. So hopefully I have a fair, balanced, rounded view of what it's like to be self-employed in comparison to being a PAYE worker. And in this episode, I'll give you my top three pros and top three cons of being self-employed to give you a taster of what it's actually like. So let's start with the cons. Long hours. All of my self-employed friends pretty much unanimously say the same thing. It is very hard to switch off. You tend to stretch out what needs to be done over a full day rather than working nine to five because there isn't a clock out time. Your brain never really switches off and it's easy to slip into a state of always feeling like something needs to be done now. And that's certainly true for me anyway. When I worked for other companies, sure, there'd be times that I'd stay late if needed or work overtime. But most of the time, there just wasn't anything pressing enough that couldn't wait to the next morning. When you're self-employed though, your income generally correlates with the work and effort that you're putting in. And this definitely is true in the beginning. And for me, taking the leap to self-employed life meant learning things I didn't know how to do, using accounting software, setting up a company, learning tax basics, learning how to create content and edit podcasts. The list of skills you need to learn is almost endless. But all of that to say, there's only so many hours in the day And sometimes it can feel like that's just not enough. So the second con is the one that I definitely feel on a regular basis, and that is social isolation. And the clue is in the name, self-employed. You're likely to spend a lot of time by yourself in your underwear, typing away at a laptop. And this can make you feel pretty lonely if you're prone to negative emotions and bottling up stuff, which can obviously be a problem. This, for me, is the benefit of being in an office or team environment. You have people around you who can help and support you or just somebody to have a conversation with. That being said, there are ways to mitigate this feeling. You can work in shared spaces, which is what I try to do at least once a week. I surround myself with like-minded, self-employed people that can give you a sense of a team without actually being your team. And potentially, you could even pick up some business by networking. The reality is you'll need to force yourself out there. Otherwise, motivation can slide pretty easily and you can get stuck in your own head. If there's one thing the pandemic has taught us is that social isolation is real. So you need to be aware of it and take action. And the last con for me is that things are more unpredictable. You're going to have to learn to manage money better, which, yes, I would say is a good thing. But for most self-employed people, there tends to be income seasons. Some months or quarters are going to be better than others, and you can smooth this out by having a business emergency fund in place to act as a buffer, which is certainly what I would do and definitely what I'd recommend. 
this unpredictability is most concerning to people in the beginning stages of a business as you're likely to have more outgoings in the business than money coming in. Obviously, it depends on your business, but that tends to be the time that's the most crucial. This is why it's usually best practice to have a transition period before leaving, quote, safe employment and turning a side hustle or an idea into your full-time job. For me, I worked at least one to two hours every evening after or before work. And I actually really enjoyed this stage because any income that came into the household as a result of this just felt like a bonus on top of my regular employment, which then gave me the confidence in the end to take the leap. And this, I think, is the main reason why people don't want to be self-employed, because it just feels too unpredictable. It's not that safe paycheck or pay slip at the end of every single month. It really actually does take a certain type of person to be able to remain highly motivated to continuously look for new clients or new business opportunities to keep that income coming in. And truthfully, I wouldn't have described myself as somebody who had this mindset until I did it. So it is changeable. And you know now that anybody can do it. It doesn't mean everybody should do it. But if it's something that you think potentially is for you, you definitely can do it. Okay, so let's look at the flip side, the positives. By far the biggest change in my life this year has been flexibility and independence around working. Although I may be working longer hours and at strange times, although saying that no stranger than working a night shift, I have had the ability to some extent to pick and choose when I work. If I want to go to the gym one morning, it just means that I have to work on a little bit later than I expected to, to get the important work done. And of course, enough time is subjective. And I'm still learning to prioritise my most important tasks and then remind myself that the trivial things can wait till tomorrow or next week or even next month. A huge driving force for me becoming self-employed was the ability to spend more time with my daughter Isla and my partner Georgie. And this year I have taken my daughter, I reckon, most days to and from school. Something that whether or not she appreciates now, I'm sure it's going to have a lasting impact on our relationships in the future. I just made it a priority around work. And having the ability to go to work in a coffee shop or fit in a gym session at lunchtime when most people are sat at a desk at work is for me a huge positive. One that I need to remind myself pretty regularly that I'm pretty privileged to be in that position. Secondly, there is no limit to what you can earn. And this is one that the nine to five grind blinds most people from. Feeling like you are worth whatever your current employer is paying you is truly a glass ceiling that is quite hard to break through. Being self-employed means that you are in charge of what comes in and what comes out, which yes, certainly can be daunting, but it also provides endless possibilities. You are able to create passive income streams, outsource, hire people, leverage the internet, all these things that if you did it for a company are going to benefit. But if you do it for yourself, you are opening up many doors to income streams and to be honest, whatever it is you want to do. It is both exciting and scary at the same time. And it's a big reason I advocate having an emergency fund for both your personal finance, but also for your business finances too. You need that buffer, that breathing space, just in case there are times where there's just not much coming in. And the final pro for me is the ability to pay less tax and perhaps a controversial point to those that deem paying less tax is a negative thing. However, I am a firm believer that you should not be paying more tax than you need to. Although the autumn budget made changes to dividend and corporation tax, sadly affecting small businesses once again, a good accountant can explain to you the most tax-efficient way to pay yourself through a business. This means that you aren't at the mercy of PAYE, national insurance, pensions, student loan payments, or anything else that you have no control of leaving your pay before it reaches your bank account. 
And to put that into context, most small businesses that are limited companies, including me, and to put that into context, most small businesses that are limited companies, including me, pay themselves a salary that is just on the threshold of starting to pay income tax. And that threshold currently is £12,751. Then the rest of the money taken from the business is generally in the form of dividends, where you pay 8.75% as a basic rate taxpayer, and then it jumps up drastically to 33.75% and 39.35% respectively, the higher you go up the tax brackets. And from 2017 to 2023, the dividend allowance, meaning the amount of dividends you could take from either stocks that you owned or pay yourself as a director of a limited company, has reduced from 5,000 to 2,000 annually before you then need to start paying tax. And from April 2023, this dividend allowance is getting slashed to £1,000 and then down to £500 in 2024. And even though the small business owners are getting hit hard with these new tax laws, I still like the ability to decide how I pay myself and the flexibility that it provides. It does mean, however, you're going to need to be smart about what you do. And I would highly recommend speaking to an accountant to help you out with your specific situation. Now, this list of pros and cons is not exhaustive. There are many arguments on both sides, but I wanted to share my main points with you, which I hope were helpful. If there's one thing that I could take away from a year of being self-employed, it's that it is just a constant grind. There are lots of ups and there are lots of downs, but I'm really enjoying it so far. And I know that there's plenty of growth to come, whether it's through the frugal spender business or many other things. I like the ability to dabble in different things. And I think that's the freedom that being self-employed gives you. Rather than being stuck in traffic, going to a job that you potentially don't really enjoy as much as you know you think you probably could, and then getting stuck in traffic on the way back, you have the freedom to just try things. Guys, if you are enjoying the podcast, please consider leaving it a rating and review on whichever platform that you listen on. It is my way of knowing that you're enjoying it and the content I create. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, peace. Peace.